Hi, and welcome to Migrant Voices, a podcast giving a platform to the many voices of foreign domestic workers in Hong Kong. Today's podcast episode will be more of a ramble style, so it won't be as formal, and I'll be talking about the research that I recently conducted. Um, that's why I took so long, and I'm sorry that I was away for so long. Um, I particularly looked at uh, foreign domestic workers on their rest days. So um, if you remember from last time's podcast episode, we looked at Sunday in Central where Filipino migrant domestic workers would gather, would sit um, on cardboard in Chater Road, and they would construct this extremely lively community. And I wanted to further explore that. So I conducted some research and I researched the question, to what extent do regional identities determine Sunday groupings of Filipino migrant domestic workers? So I looked at this from various concepts of anthropology, particularly culture, social relations, and the area of belonging. So this would mean uh, it would look at the types of factors that create this shared group identity or a shared sense of community in a place away from home. I wanted to look at whether geographic identities played a key role in this, meaning um, if domestic workers from the same region, were they much closer? Is that why they were in a group? Or is it because of other reasons like shared activities, like language, like food even? And so it was a very interesting discovery that I made. And I think that it would be very helpful in even new foreign domestic workers coming in and seeing how they can better fit in a group. So I'll be going through my research today and please let me know if you have any questions. Um, do message me on Facebook or um, reply to me in my email. So I particularly looked at this area of belonging that Filipino migrant workers felt in the community. During this um, during Sunday workdays, a lot of these workers gain a sense of membership within these groups, especially in a place like Hong Kong, where sometimes they're not considered a full member of the Hong Kong community, which is really upsetting because they also can't get a permanent working, a permanent um, resident uh, visa of sorts. So they would gain personhood within these groups, and it creates a sense that they truly belong here. I feel like these were formed by various factors, like ethnicity, like social networks, like shared activities like church, and also geographical backgrounds and regional identities. I looked at this particularly through the framework of Anderson's imagined communities. So Benedict Anderson talks about how these imagined bounds of nation states create a strong sense of community and a strong sense of belonging between different members. That even if you didn't know each other, by name even, you would feel the sense of camaraderie with them. The type of very strong sense of belonging and strong sense of community that is created. I wanted to see how this was created in a host country away from the origin country, um, here in this case, Philippines. So I wanted to see how workers from different regions of the Philippines could create social structure and cohesiveness through the sharing of their local food and their gifts. I also wanted to look at this through Cohen's theories on the symbolic constructions of community, meaning that there are some cultural symbols, some aspects of communication that outsiders could not pick up on, some dialects, some ideas, how these create a shared voc vocabulary of value, quote unquote, that it creates a distinction between this 
different groups, it creates this very unique sense of group identity within each group. So by doing this research, um, I also had to explore different methods of um, collecting my research. So the first was through observation, so I looked at um, the differences in food, the types of discussion topics, the types of behaviors that I you know, observed. Um, I also conducted informal interviews, so these provided a lot of first-hand accounts to substantiate some of the claims I made in the significance of geographical identities. So in that, I asked a lot of questions of, oh, how do you know each other? Um, where do you know each other? What, are the, what is the role of food? Or, you know, basic questions that I felt would help me gain more insight. So I spent around um, a few months collecting my data. And so uh, with reference to CASA's, um, the emigrant communities of Latvia, I was able to examine sort of cultural identity and belonging, especially in regional identities versus national identities. So what that meant was if they were from the same village or if they were from the same area of Philippines, would they feel a stronger sense of connection than being than this national identity of being Filipino? So firstly, on regional identities, I felt that language and dialect created a very strong sense of community, as, especially because um, with the regional identity, there's a very clear difference in dialect. So some would say Bisaya, um, some would say Pangasinan, and so on. Um, I think that I pronounced that wrong. <laughs> but I think that with these different languages and dialects, it would create something that was quite special within these particular groups. Uh, this would mean that they had the same linguistic background and therefore, as Anderson said, one could be invited in the imagined community. So especially in a host country where the predominant language here is Cantonese and Chinese and employers cannot communicate in their native language, Filipino domestic workers are finally able to regain their culture on Sundays by speaking their home dialect with a micro version of their community back home. Especially with this idea of hidden transcripts where sometimes there are guards or police walking past or even outsiders and they're able to poke fun, make jokes, or say things that they normally can't say in English and Filipino and it gives them also a sense of power and a sense of resistance within that. I also think that there were some cultural tra traditions that I unfortunately could not pick up on but I think that this was made quite evident because some of the food they shared or um, I could tell that some of the dialects or some of the things they talked about especially if they dropped in some English words here and there were quite different. So I think that um, this definitely varies by region and so thus it made me draw to the conclusion that in terms of geographical background, regional identity would play a much larger role than national identity because the level of attachment one has to their own particular regional culture would be significantly higher than a standardized language or a standardized idea. So next, moving on to shared experience, I thought that this also played a large role. I think that in terms of individual belonging here, a lot could gain um, a sense of 
comfort from the fact that their experiences were not isolated. I think it's very important, especially for these rest days, in terms of the domestic workers' mental health and well-being, because by talking about these experiences, it's almost like having a therapist or having someone to hear out your issues, whereas if they were socially isolated, um, it would be a lot more difficult. And I think that this helped construct a very strong sense of community and belonging within these particular groups. Um, I interviewed um, interviewee A and interviewee B. Interviewee A stated that a lot of workers often ended up talking about the nature of their work. So for example, they would talk about, oh, my madame is this, my alaga is this. Um, alaga is like someone under the care of. So that would refer to probably the employer's children or the elderly that they have to take care of. I think that this definitely links to Cohen's ideas of the symbolic construction of community, especially the idea of symbolic boundaries, where in these shared experiences, domestic workers have a shared set of knowledge, which in turn forms the basis of a collective identity behind their category or the label of domestic worker. So this would create a very strong sense of belonging because they would be able to talk and share time with others who could empathize with them. So interviewee A shared that they could freely rant and share the troubles of their work with their friends, which has been very helpful for their mental health. I think that the sense of trust also acts as a symbol of solidarity because by you know having a very strong sense of group trust and also the intersectional experience of being a female um, Filipino domestic worker, it creates a quote-unquote firmer reality under the influence of geographical, political, and economic factors, which is something Anderson mentions in his book. I think that the reality that Anderson refers to here is in this case is the shared experience of being a citizen because it becomes the shared reality of an individual domestic worker and it creates the sense of community belonging. What was also interesting was the role of food, that this community is defined and gated by ethnicity and race and it's done so through, through food. So during my observation there was one woman selling homemade piaya, which is a type of Filipino flatbread. And so she would go through the different groups and ask workers if they were interested in buying. And I actually came up to her and asked her, oh, could I get some? Because I, it actually looked really good. But she declined and shook her head. So I think that it's quite clear that this was an example of an ethnic boundary marker, which is a shared cultural practice that signifies who is in the group and who is not. I think that this very much links to Hegel's sense of self and the other because while I don't think it's too much of an othering instance, it creates a group distinction or it creates a classification that someone belongs in the group and someone doesn't belong in the group. So I think that that was quite interesting as well, um, that this traditional snack acts as a gatekeeper for who can be welcome and who can be part of the community. So interviewee B talked a lot about the different types of culture, like the, this how um, you know different areas also had different types of food and how the food culture dictates this imagined community of being a Filipina here. So she talked about like, you know pancit, dobo, takeout Jollibee, and how food sharing was very much part of this group culture that created this sense of belonging and sense of group identity. I think that also shared interests was quite important 
because um, there would be a lot of small radios or speakers that would play pop songs in English or Tagalog, or they would so that they would sing together with plastic karaoke mics, or they would also dance together in different groups. And I think that this is very much what Anderson refers to as the experience of simultaneity. That when they sing the same lyrics, when they sing the same, when they listen to the same songs or share different interests, it creates such um, a sense of familiarity with people who, are, who might be even wholly unknown to each other. So um, you feel this in a music concert, for example. If I know the lyrics and the person standing next to me also knew all the lyrics, you would share the sense of um, closeness with them. So I think that that was interesting. Also, a lot of workers attended church together. So that time in Central when I was at the St. John's Cathedral, I saw a lot of workers, even if they may not have known each other in the first place, they would, you know, tap each other on the shoulder and say, oh, you know, is um, service starting now, etc., etc. However, what I saw was that the groups were extremely fluid because there was not a, not so much a defined membership system, rather they were brought together by kindness, by friendship, and by ethnicity. I think that they also linked together through social media networks, so through Facebook, so for example knowing each other from high school or from college, I think that, that was quite um, another way of creating these groups. And I think that I also saw that you could um, book appointments for even doing makeup, doing hair. And so this very much shows that um, that sense of companionship and camaraderie that comes out of being in a country that is so far away from home, um, it creates this very strong sense of belonging and strong sense of sisterhood within these foreign domestic workers. So I thought that this were some of the insights I wanted to share from my research. I hope you enjoyed this. Um, and please let me know if you want to further talk or further explore my research.